Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Addison Hayes. That's Jake Anderson. I'm John Hogan. This, this is a super flexible podcast. We'll talk about week one of the NFL preseason, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension, Sammy Watkins and Jordan Matthews on the move, draft strategy, trade strategy, and aging quarterbacks in dynasty leagues. But first, let me ask you something. Are you ready for your fantasy draft? If you don't have access to the Fantasy Footballers Draft Kit, you aren't as ready as you could be. Rankings, projections, profiles, sleepers, breakouts and busts, cheat sheets, tier breakdowns, consistency charts, and of course, Matt Harmon's Reception Perception. It's the number one draft kit for the 2017 fantasy football season, so prepare for DFS in your redraft leagues. And unlike the other draft guides, this draft kit updates constantly so you have the latest, all the latest information. Go to FantasyFootballers.com and use the promo code FACTORY to get the same advantage that the Dynasty Football Factory Army uses, the Fantasy Footballers Draft Kit. The path to a fantasy football title begins here. Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended for six games. This is a quarterback-centric podcast, so we're wondering what effect to you does this have on Dak Prescott? Addison Hayes. Well, uh... I mean, six games, that's essentially half of the fantasy regular season right there. And, uh, I mean, they have a bye week in there at week six, so he's not going to be able to come back until week eight. So, I mean, for those first six games, it seems like they would the Cowboys would lead on Dak a little bit more to, to pass as well as to run. Um, this This kind of, in my opinion, it doesn't really affect the overall running game. Because uh, we've seen what Darren McFadden has been able to do behind that offensive line, um, even with the the changes that they experienced over the offseason. But I think Dak gets a boost this year, at least for the first six games. And Des Bryant gets the boost. Cole Beasley, uh, maybe even Ryan Switzer. Um, so, I mean, as an overall um, look at the Dallas Cowboys offense, it's it's going to be you know a giant hole to fill. But I think Dak's going to be able to fill that um, pretty well what do you think jake i don't i just don't i don't see how losing zeke for six games helps dak prescott or that offense i understand that he might get more attempts i just see that they're more inefficient (laughs) attempts and i think that's why he was so successful last year he was taken care of he had a stellar running game and i think that running game takes a big drop without ezekiel elliott uh, running the rock and that's where that's where Dak was made his made his name last year is just being highly efficient. And I think if his volume goes up, he could lose that efficiency. I think that could hurt his confidence, which is a little bit of a scary thing for his overall prospects. Historically, you lose one of your uh, one of your star players like that on the offensive side. The entire offense is affected. So that's that's kind of the theory. Is so speaking of offenses being affected. Um, by uh, subtraction. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. They made a flurry of trades uh, the other day, and uh, the first one was uh, sending Sammy Watkins to the L.A. Rams. Um, They got back a a horrible cornerback in E.J. Gaines and um, maybe a draft pick or two. And then uh, they sent their best cornerback on to the Philadelphia Eagles, in return for Jordan Matthews and some picks. So we went from 
Sammy Watkins and a serviceable defense to Jordan Matthews, Anquan Bolden, Zay Jones. If everybody's a slot receiver, is anybody a slot receiver? Just uh, a little philosophy question for you, I guess, there. Jake, what what do you make of the Buffalo Bills offense uh, as it stands? Uh, it's an offense that I was avoiding to start with. Um, in Dynasty, I, li- I, liked, I like Tyrod Taylor. I, I have some big concerns about his long-term prospects. Just is he a starter? I know the Bills haven't shown any commitment to him. Uh, just kind of gave him a, an extension and, and didn't even seem like they wanted to sign him to that extension. So does he have a starting gig somewhere? I'm sure he does, but there's just a lot of question marks there. So I'm scared of that. And they're a run-heavy offense, and I know they lost their run-heavy run-heavy offense coordinator, but they brought in a run-heavy offensive coordinator to replace him. So that was an offense that I was scared about. And I think the narrative about Sammy Watkins takes a hit. I just don't really understand that narrative just because what was his upside in the Bills offense? in a low passing volume offense. And I know the Rams might not be a super high pass offense, but they got a young quarterback that I believe in. And I think he's going to show some positive regression this year. So for me, it's a, it's an upgrade for Sammy Watkins. And I would, I would actually buy him as long as you can get a little bit of that discount that I think most people are saying that he should be getting. Speaking of that, uh, whoever wants to jump in on this one, um, what does this do for Jared Goff? If this is uh, if this is an upgrade for Sammy Watkins, that sounds to me like an upgrade for the quarterback position as well for the Rams. Actually, right before this podcast, I actually had to move Jared Goff up um, a couple spots in my rankings. I believe he's up to 24 now, um, which still isn't fantastic, but I had to move him up nonetheless. However, to go back to, to Jake's comment about Sammy Watkins getting an upgrade moving to L.A., I think... Personally, I think it's a it's a hit to his value year one. But I think as an overall dynasty look, um, him moving to Los Angeles is going to be a positive. It's going to be an upgrade, like Jake said. But I think year one is going to be there's going to be uh, a bit of a rocky road for him. He's going to come into, you know, it's a similar offense, run heavy defense defense first. But everybody on that system is kind of learning a new playbook with Sean McVay. And he has to develop a new rapport with Jared Goff, one that he already had with Tyrod Taylor. And so until all that works out, uh, I think it's going to be a bumpy start. But I think in the long run, Sammy Watkins is going to do really well. And I think because of that, it's going to help Jared Goff out um, a lot, too. Not not to mention the other weapons that McVay has been trying to put around Goff as well. Yeah, I mean, that offense went from having... Everyone's like, they have no wide receivers. I mean, nothing there, right? And you add a talent like Sammy Watkins, right? The the, the first wide receiver drafted in that unbelievable 2014 uh, wide receiver class. Man, all of a sudden this this offense looks completely different. Their their offensive line seems like it was upgraded in the offseason. Todd Gurley is due for some positive regression. 
now you got Sammy outside. You got Cooper Cooper Cup in the in the slot, and you got um, Robert Woods on the other side. So, I think this offense is intriguing. And then you have the tight ends. You know, you got a couple young tight ends there. I think they can probably make some plays. So, I trust McVeigh too. And I think our, our man DFF Shane wrote an outstanding article on the Los Angeles Rams that, and he's a firm believer that this offense is going to improve greatly. And he was he was on the fan tracks podcast earlier today and he was talking um and i know the rb scout adam spinks talked about this as well and i talked about him with this about this when i was on his podcast is the rams offense was almost historically bad in everything <laughs> last year in almost every statistic so they have to get better and you bring in a powerhouse offensive mind like with with McVeigh and I think that I think that helps things out and it's not like they have to get tremendously better all they have to do is improve from where they were and there's 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 some stats out there for some guys to to go grab all right yeah I'm gonna go ahead and jump off of the quarterbacks for just a second because Addison I know that Robert Woods was one of your one of your sleeper type of guys this year um Hmm. does it how much of a hit does he take um, or does he take a hit? Maybe this is an upgrade, putting Sammy Watkins on the other side. Yeah, I I think it, it does take a hit because you have to look at what Robert Woods did in Buffalo when Sammy Watkins was on the field, and it's it's going to be Sammy Watkins' show. I mean, Woods has had a little bit more time to understand that offense a little bit more and to develop a rapport with Jared Goff, but, I mean, Sammy Watkins' talent cannot be, you know, argued about, and... I think that with him coming in, you know, Woods loses that volume that I was, you know, I I really liked in Robert Woods, and that's why I considered him a sleeper for this year. And now you take that out, and Cooper Cup has kind of been making an emergence up here. I mean, Woods might be relegated down to the third option in the passing game, uh, maybe at worst. But, I mean, it's Sammy Watkins. Woods has to take a hit in some way. I'm I'm a little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum, and I've talked about this on another podcast I've been on. I'm a firm believer that what is good for the offense is good for every player on that offense. So their volume might take a hit, but their efficiency in, in targets goes way up. So and the coverage that they see goes down. You know, Robert Woods was gonna see some good coverage if he's the number one receiver in that offense. And I don't like his prospects of of putting up statistics going against high end coverage. So he's gonna see less coverage and a lot less coverage with Sammy Watkins there. He Sammy Watkins should get double a decent amount. So I didn't see Robert Woods having that big of a ceiling anyways. So I don't see how it I don't think it hurts him. I don't think it I don't think it may help him a lot statistically. But I don't see it hurting him because if he doesn't have as many catches, hopefully his uh, yards per uh, per catch are, are better, and maybe he throws up a couple extra touchdowns that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. The thing about Woods is that he's more of a possession receiver, and Sammy Watkins isn't really that, unless if you can try and transform him into being that. Um, Watkins is more of a field stretcher. So similar to kind of why I like Jordan Matthews was because Alshon Jeffrey was there. You know, he's going to demand coverage he's going to open up the field more because he's got more of a vertical threat and that's going to open things up over the middle for jordan matthews so i mean i could see a similar situation like that in in la as long as um, cooper cup doesn't start stealing some of robert woods's targets as well or any of the tight ends but i mean i i do understand your point and 
for my sake and my Robert Woods love, I hope that you're right. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's we just have to see what's going to happen with this Rams offense. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup is the guy to get right now, and um, I think he fell for a while in rookie drafts there. I remember a couple months ago, I took him at, at the 212, I think, and I think a lot of people thought that was a reach. Uh, I know he's an older prospect, but he, just listening to some of his his uh, press conferences and some of the things he's had to say, he just seems like he's a savvy vet coming into the league, and I think he his football IQ is tremendous. His Some of his metrics are good. Some of them aren't as good as you'd like. But I think as, as a slot receiver in that offense, I think he's going to eat. And I think he does hurt Robert Woods. And, the, again, I don't think I was ever <laughs> that big of a – that big of a fan of Robert Woods in that offense anyways. But I I was, I was, had some concern about uh, Cooper Cup. But now that Sammy's there, I think that opens up the field for him to, to eat, definitely. A little Cooper Cup love there. And uh, on to the city of brotherly love, where the love apparently has, has uh, dried up for Jordan Matthews. He had shipped over to the Buffalo Bills. Addison, uh, tell me about the, the Eagles offense. Um, post Jordan Matthews this trade made me sad because I did not want to believe in this Nelson Aguilar hype that was going on saying that he was going to potentially start over Jordan Matthews in the slot blah 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 and this trade kind of kind of confirms that and I mean I'm not a Nelson Aguilar fan I'm kind of hoping that Mac Hollins can take that job but I think this I think the biggest benefit um, the biggest beneficiary in this offense with Matthews leaving is actually Zach Ertz. Because like I said, um, you know, with Alshon Jeffrey being there, he's going to stretch the field and he's going to open things up more over the middle, and that's where Zach Ertz will primarily work. And so, I mean, I, I really like Zach Ertz now in this offense. And I don't really think as a whole the offense takes a hit because there are so many weapons in, uh, in that offense, especially for Carson Wentz. Uh, but I think if you're talking in terms of who benefits in this offense, I think it's Zach Ertz. Okay, we need to move on. We're going to look around the NFL for week one of the preseason. The Denver Broncos go to Chicago and win 24-17 with a late touchdown run by D'Angelo Henderson. But the story of this game was Mitchell Trubisky, 18 of 25, 166 yards and a touchdown. Jake, how far off is he from starting? If we we thought that at first we thought that he might be sitting this entire year. He just outplayed Mike Glennon by quite a bit. Uh, is this is, is it is it too soon to start planning for Mitchell Trubisky? The clear cut quarterback one of this draft class. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is. And man, did Glennon look awful? What was he two for eight with an interception? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think he had to do a whole lot to outplay him. And I think the bears are getting a tough rap. I understand they gave uh, Glennon 18 million, but if they, and they traded up for Trubisky, right. And they shouldn't have done that, man. But if they just found their franchise quarterback, all that other stuff is, it doesn't matter anymore. Who cares if you gave Glennon $18 million and gave him a Brock Osweiler type of crown? Who cares? It doesn't matter. If you find your franchise quarterback, and I got to say, I, I watched that Bears game, Bears-Broncos game, and, you know, Trubisky's my clear-cut quarterback one, so I was a little bit nervous because you never know with these guys. 
And I know I was out there on a limb. A lot of people don't have Trubisky as their quarterback one. They have Kaiser. They have Watson. They have Mahomes. Not many guys have Trubisky as their quarterback one. So I think Trubisky looked phenomenal. I thought he looked polished. And I think his athleticism is underrated. You know, Watson, Mahomes, and Kaiser, you know, get this athleticism bumped and they can rush. But Trubisky also packed in, I think, 38 yards on the ground. And he can scramble a little bit. And I, I said it last week. He reminds me a little bit of Derek Carr as a quarterback. And, man, he was he was throwing in some tight windows, very accurate, very poised. And he almost led him back for that fourth-quarter victory. So I came away very impressed. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. And I think, I think he, he's, he's going to get the start sooner than later. The Cleveland Browns win 20-14 to at home over the New Orleans Saints. Deshaun Kaiser. 11 of 18, 184 yards and a touchdown. Yet another rookie first-round pick playing like a first-round pick. Addison, is he? He's he's definitely got a, a clearer path, it seems like. Is he your week one starter? He he is my week one starter, actually. I, um, I don't know if the Browns have officially announced that. I think they actually said that he has a little bit more to go, but he's getting very, very close to being that week one starter. And I think, I mean, that defense that he was throwing against wasn't no actual NFL defense, but he he looked, like, good. <laughs> and hashtag analysis there. Um, but, no, I think, I didn't watch much of the Trubisky game, and so I don't know enough about how he looked to give an accurate opinion, but I watched the Kaiser game and he looked like the quarterback one of this draft class. Um, that, I mean, I didn't watch the Trubisky game, so I don't know, but I've heard a lot of good things about him and what Jake just said, but I really liked what I saw from Kaiser. I know Jake that you don't like him as much, but I thought that he looked, he looked like an NFL quarterback and those deep throws, uh, the two touchdown passes were, or the one touchdown pass and the other long, the long pass, they were nice. Like they were NFL quarterback throws, and I don't. I just really liked what I saw from Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, my my only issue with, and I trust me, I, I thought Kaiser did look good, and I and I understand he has upside. My biggest thing with Kaiser is I don't think what he did last week will not translate to the regular season. I saw him staring down his number one targets a lot, and he tries these pump fakes way too much. And if he if he tries to sit back, and I know I understand their offensive line may have been improved, but I don't think he's going to have this pocket just to sit and pump and sit and pump and then try to shield off defenders. I think he's going to get beat up a little bit if he tries to do that. And I think he's raw. I think he needs some time. So if 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 the if the Cleveland had any other quarterbacks that were viable, I think it'd be great for him to sit. The problem is I don't think they do. <laughs> and I, I think Kessler actually could be a placeholder. It just seems like it's so funny. Hugh seemed like he loved him last year when they drafted him, and then something must have happened. He must have flirted with his daughter or something because <laughs> – it seems like Kessler's just in the doghouse, and Hugh Jackson has do, doesn't want anything to do with him. So we'll see how it shakes out. I think you guys, I've made my my point well aware of of how I feel about Kaiser, and I know there's plenty of people like Addison that that rank him very highly. So it'll be it'll be fun to uh, see how it goes. The Carolina Panthers top the Houston Texans twenty seven seventeen in Carolina. Rookie Deshaun Watson, fifteen to twenty-five, one hundred seventy-nine yards. 
And uh, he was actually sacked three times as well on top of all that. So, uh, But he did outplay Tom Savage uh, for at least for week one. Jake, um, what, what, what's my question, Jake? Do we care? Do it? Yeah, I think you just want me to chat about Deshaun Watson for a little bit. I'll I'll just go with it. I'll just wing it here. Nice. Um, I think (laughs) such a pro. Deshaun Watson was my quarterback three in this draft class, and to me, he to me he reminded me of a more athletic Alex Smith type of quarterback, and even just less less accurate, but more athletic, and. I think we saw exactly what we're going to see out of Deshaun Watson. And I, th- I saw a lot of people on Twitter overreacting to some of the plays he made. And he did make some some nice plays with his feet. And he did scramble and made a nice running touchdown. He's just erratic. I mean, he, he did make some good passes. But the highs and lows with Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's ready to come in and start right away like a lot of people are saying he is. He was sailing some slant routes 10 yards over the receiver's head on a clean pocket, just nothing around him. Uh, The receiver's wide open, just sailing it way over his head. So I think he has a ways to go. I'm not a huge fan of his. I just I don't think his upside is there as a fantasy producer. Do I think he could be a good quarterback? Sure, in the long run. But again, I think he's more on the Alex Smith career arc type of quarterback. And it, talking about that game, did you guys see that Kelvin Benjamin catch? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. Yeah, bought him everywhere this offseason. Yeah. He looks he looks he looks like he's back in form just to just to throw that back in there. And as uh, Kelvin Benjamin goes, so goes Cam Newton. Um, not to throw, uh, not to throw gas on the fire or anything. But uh, and uh, San Francisco 49ers go to Kansas City and win 27-17 over the Chiefs, where Pat Mahomes, another first-round rookie quarterback, is uh, trying to steal a starting job from Alex Smith. Um, Addison. Uh, what are what are the chances that uh, that he makes that happen? If he if he does, it's not going to be late until this season. Um, depending on how the the Chiefs are looking, and if they're, I think if they're out of the playoff race, I think they throw Mahomes in there. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, Alex Smith is still the starter. Um, in terms of what we saw from him from this first week, there wasn't really much to see. I mean, overall as a team, they only threw it thirty times. And Mahomes got the most of it, but he threw it nine times. And Smith had six, and Tyler Bray had eight. And, I mean, Mahomes threw the one touchdown for the Chiefs. But overall, I mean, he didn't show enough to support supplanting Alex Smith. Alex Smith didn't do terrible to support being supplanted. So, I mean, uh, we'll we'll have to see how the the rest of the preseason shakes out. But as far as right now... um, Alex Smith is still the starter, and he will continue to be until um, the Chiefs, you know, something happens that is going to need to be addressed. Moving on, we've got some listener questions. One episode in, and we already started. We already have people. Well, first of all, we have got people listening. Um, that's a that's a requirement <laughs> of having listener questions. So we're doing all right, boys. We're well on our way here. So let's 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 uh, respond to a couple listener questions here. First of all, Brandon Shumate at B S H U M A T E one zero two eight on Twitter. 
I'd like to hear strategies for optimizing value in trade for marginal quarterbacks you picked up with intention to flip and how you shop them around. We talked a little bit about uh, Jay Cutler last week. Um, Jake's strategy is to is to spend what you have to spend to get that guy, um, even if you don't need him, and then to shop him. So I guess the question here, and I'll start with you, Addison, how do you shop him, and how do you optimize the value that you get in return? When when you're trying to trade, like you said, a marginal quarterback, um, and if we're comparing, you know, like a, a Jake Cutler type, um, the first thing you have to do is, if you're in a super flex or two QBs, you got to identify the teams that, first of all, either don't have backups or don't even have starters. That would be the number one. Um, if you can identify those teams and maybe start some trade conversations, uh, you're more than likely going to be able to come away trading away your marginal quarterback and you know getting a piece that you're you're pretty excited about. Um, if that doesn't work, you know if your if your league is um, pretty smart, I guess, or you know all the all the owners in there kind of know what they're doing. Um, the other thing would be to wait on that quarterback and wait for someone to go down. And ideally, what you're looking for there is for a team um, that has, you know, a, a shot their competitor and one of their quarterbacks go down, and they're still a competitor, but they're without uh, one of that giant pieces of their offense and a quarterback. And so that opens up. I think that's the the best way to get rid of one of your marginal quarterbacks because you're going to get top dollar for that quarterback so that team can still be still have a chance to you know win their championship that year and you're going to come away looking like a winner so i know jake will probably say the same exact thing as what i just said because he said that about jake Cutler last year or last week i mean and um that's i think those are the two ways that you get rid of a marginal quarterback so jake this this kind of is your baby a little bit. I mean, Jay Cutler is easily the best example of this. Um, you know, we kind of went over the fact that most of the quarterbacks who have any fantasy value right now have been rostered for several months uh, since the rookie draft anyways. You're not finding these guys on free agency. But Jay Cutler happened to be the guy who kind of fell out of the sky right onto your roster. What do you expect to get back in return for Jay Cutler in a super flex or two QB league? I said it last week. I don't know. And I don't think you can know. And I think that's okay. And mm-hmm. and I think Addison made some good points. But I think, I think super flex is it's new enough where people haven't been playing it for a long, long time. And so I don't know if they understand the philosophy that can go behind having quarterbacks. And my philosophy is wait. Wait, 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 because that's when his value is going to skyrocket, and that's when you're going to get the most out of him. Could you look at other people's rosters and see who's a little bit slim? Sure, but this is not the time of year where people are going to feel like they need to give up valuable assets to get a Jay Cutler. It's not a sexy move to make, but it is a move that they might have to make during the season. It might not even be a playoff push. They might not even be contender. It might be week three or four when it's they're they're so happy and excited about getting the fantasy league started and their quarterback goes down. They don't want to give up on that season after two or three weeks. I mean, you can go on a run and, and make it all you have to do is get into the dance, right guys? So I you just wait. 
you sit on it and you wait and people will realize that they'll need a guy like that. And that's, that's my whole intention with, with picking up Jay color and spending some good money on him is he's valuable. You just don't know. You just don't know when he's going to become <laughs> valuable and, and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, but I think, I hope you guys have seen some of the trades that go down in Superflex leagues and, <laughs> they can be pretty lopsided to someone that might not completely understand the the dynamic of a super flex league. And I've I, I'm a strong believer that uh, startup drafts or startup auctions are the cheapest time to ever acquire a quarterback. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you if you can sit on them, you do not want. And we'll get into this later. This is a little bit of a segue here, but. You do not want to be into a point where you are desperate for a quarterback because people can can hold you hostage. And I understand Addison's, you know, and some other people will say, well, I'm not going to be held hostage. Well, that's fine, but not everyone thinks like you do. And someone is going to feel desperate and is going to pay up what they need to. And even if it's not a haul, you're getting something for free. And and that's that's my whole that's my whole mindset uh, with with Jay Cutler or, or any just kind of mediocre bottom of the barrel starting quarterback. So I, I wonder what you guys think about this strategy. If so, I mean, you just kind of ended up with Jay Cutler. Well, I mean, uh, let's back up a minute. I mean, to be clear, he definitely wasn't free. I mean, we were kind of advocating. Well, Jake was advocating for up. To uh, you know, in the neighborhood of ninety percent of your fab budget, um, me and Addison, if you're desperate, yeah, if you're desperate, okay. And uh, me and Addison were closer to fifty percent tops, but I mean, that's still a hefty amount of money for a guy that you may or may not need. Um, but one strategy that could come out of this is almost a quarterback farm a little bit. Um, I wonder what you guys think about this strategy. So you've got Jay Cutler, and you're looking to flip him. You look, you get maybe Chase Daniel as a throw-in, um, or uh, uh, what's his name, Garrett Grayson. Um, a, a potential, another another guy that you're just kind of you're just kind of waiting on him um, for the with the potential that you know maybe this is the last year for Drew Brees. Maybe one of these guys steps into that starter role next year, and you're right back where you started. With with all of a sudden, you've got a an NFL starter, maybe not a super good one, but he walks into a good situation. He and again, he just has value as an NFL starter, and it, it, this can turn into a perpetual thing if you do it right. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of goes hand in hand. What I was talking about is. Quarterbacks can become so valuable, and you never know. And and if you're going to sit guys on the end of your bench, or even taxi squad, this is a great place to put some taxi squad guys. Is some backup quarterbacks they can just sit there and blossom, and if they don't, they don't. But you don't need to rely on them on your active roster. So I don't know if you want to clog up your entire bench <laughs> with backup quarterbacks, but I I understand your philosophy there. And and I did a trade earlier this off season. And I got Tom Savage as just a throw-in to the deal. Like, there was no value there. But now, because Teddy Bridgewater was my quarterback three, and I already had Cam Newton and uh, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I went super heavy on quarterback. So I didn't have a quarterback three. And that was a nice little, at least early season, hopefully, placeholder uh, who, who could potentially even be a season-long starter there. So uh, I think that's a good point there, John, is maybe try to get some of those, especially earlier in the offseason, get some of those uh, maybe even veteran quarterbacks that don't have – perceived value but are still rosterable to be throw-ins on that deal i like that yeah for me i i mean i think that the whole thing hinges on at least some kind of opportunity i you know i i don't want anything to do with somebody who's who's just going to be a career backup i know that i'm not i'm not coming anywhere near jimmy garoppolo with jay cutler um but you know some of these guys could be just some throw-ins. I mean, you're really just trading Jay Cutler for either a usable piece this year or draft picks. And I just, I just wonder about maybe getting another quarterback thrown in who you're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of incubating and uh, hoping that you end up in the same situation in the next year or two. I <laughs> taking notes. I have honestly. I I actually am. I've never even thought about that as a strategy. You've kind of opened my eyes to that one. Um, nice. And I was trying to think of like other, you know, other quarterback targets who would be in that neighborhood, you know, like the Matt Barkley's or if you wanted to target one of these rookie quarterbacks who went late, like a Josh Dobbs, Davis Webb, those kind of guys, you know, even Geno Smith. Um, I mean, yep. if your taxi squad allows it, I think I'm with Jake. I think if, if you can do it, if, if I would do it, I would have to either have a very, very deep roster or I would need to have, you know, the flexibility in a taxi squad to be able to do that. Because if you're in like a normal, you know, 25 player roster, I don't know if I would really want to do that because like Jake said, you would be clogging the back end of your roster instead of grabbing up. Like you could have had guys like D'Angelo Henderson or someone back there yeah. if he was on waivers. But I mean, I I actually I really like that if you can swing, you know, if you can swing it, if you can do it right. <laughs> I always like to have a project. I ha- I like to have that one guy that it's it's almost like a uh, um, a savings bond that you're just waiting for it to mature, <laughs> and then you cash it in right. and start all over with another one. You you know you you use that money to to buy a couple more of them and start all over and. I, I, I always like to take that strategy. But anyways, on to our next question from Derek Martin at D-A-R-R-I-C-K underscore M-A-R-T on Twitter. In a PPR 2QB 10-team startup, how many players are you taking before the first quarterback? Pumped to get some new 2QB dynasty content. So first of all, thanks for listening, Derek. We really appreciate that. We're super excited to be doing a show of this format. Um, Jake, what do you think? Where uh, this this one? I happen to know that uh, that this is going to be a face off between me and the two of you guys. Um, but in a draft, in a startup draft, ten team, two QB, and PPR. When are you taking a quarterback? This is such a surreal episode for us because Addison and I haven't really a disagreed once yet. <laughs> yeah, it's getting and weird. I, it's getting I, I don't I don't see it happening yet. I know. Hands so, on the tables, boys. Oh, my gosh. It seems way too calm. I think we've all been uh, meditating too much today. 
But I think Addison and I both agree that you don't necessarily want to set the market for quarterbacks. 2QB is different than Superflex, though. I mean, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. It's a 10-team league. Mm -hmm. So every team could have three starting quarterbacks, right? I mean, I'm doing the math there, correct? So I don't think you have – if not, if it's a 12-14 team league, it's a different story. And I'm not saying slough off on quarterbacks in any Superflex or 2QB league. Don't do it. I'm – absolutely do not slough off that position mm-hmm. i do not believe in the late late round quarterback philosophy for for two qb and super flex leagues i know it's out there but i'm not in that mentality but um i don't want to set the market just because you never know every league draft is so much different you don't know how that quarterback board is going to fall and it just it feels it feels so crappy when you take the first quarterback and the next quarterback doesn't go for two rounds. You're and you're like, oh, I could add him, and then I could have gone back and got Andrew Luck two rounds later. It just <laughs> it's heart wrenching. So I think Addison and I are on the same page where we don't want to set the market, but we're not saying necessarily wait forever to get your quarterbacks either. So what's no, the earliest? I, you- I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Addison. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I do agree. I was going to go in, but no, go ahead. Um, what's the earliest, Jake, <laughs> that you would take a quarterback? What's the what's the earliest uh, yeah. to QB league? I would probably take Aaron Rodgers seven, eight, seven, eight. Oh, so you are going in the first round at least. Oh, sure. Okay. Sure. It, 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 I could see it. Doesn't mean I necessarily would want to do it, but I, I certainly could understand someone taking Aaron Rodgers at six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if I would do it every time, but I bet there would be a time where I would. Uh, so yeah, I could say mid to more late round one. Okay. What about you, Addison? So if I had to put a number on it, um, with it being two QB, I actually, I think the number is around six. Um, that's, uh, see, it's really hard because yeah, like drafts, startup drafts are really different. But if I had if I had to put a number on, it, I would say probably about six or seven, where I was I would feel comfortable taking a, the first quarterback off the board. But man, I hate agreeing with Jake. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we can't. Stop we've turned here. a new leaf. <laughs> I know we're friends now. This is the positivity <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I do. I, I do agree with Jake. I don't want to be the one to set the market on quarterbacks. Um, and I know it is a 2QB league, but I, and I still believe in, in being a guy who has at least one elite quarterback, but I don't want to be the guy to take the first one. And especially because everybody's opinions are so like varying when it comes to quarterback rankings. Sometimes when you're in a startup draft, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers might be the third or fourth quarterback off the board. And you could even trade up to get Aaron Rodgers. I did that in one of my Superflex uh, startups. I took uh, I took AJ Green, and then I traded up and got Aaron Rodgers because James Winston was the first quarterback taken, and then Andrew Luck, and then so I grabbed Rodgers. I was like, sure, QB three, but I'm I'm never the one to set it because I don't know how the other uh, the other owners in my league are going to draft. Uh, but with it being 2QB, that does put a little bit more emphasis on the quarterback position than a, a Superflex does. So around 6 or 7 would be my number. 
the first thing that I feel like needs to be said here is uh, startup dynasty draft, regardless of the size, should really be an auction. Um, that's my personal opinion. But I I I recently did a startup. Here's here's where uh, our our kumbaya session is about to go off the tracks, guys, because I did a startup superflex this a uh, couple months ago. A snake draft, fourteen teams, and. Three of my first four picks were quarterbacks. I went Andrew Luck with the seventh overall pick. Um, and then when it came back to me in the second round, I took Tom Brady. In the third round, I got a running back. And in the fourth round, I got Carson Wentz. So, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm not afraid to set the market. I'll definitely set the market. Um, I, to me, there's a superstition involved. I definitely don't feel like I can win without an elite quarterback, especially in a super flex league. But I also, I just feel like if you've got, you've got Andrew Luck and Tom Brady as your quarterback in your super flex, you go into every single game with a, a, a little bit of a point buffer that is going to be really difficult to overcome. And I feel like it can co- cover up any blemishes that you do have in your in your lineup. I also don't feel like I ended up with too many blemishes, but um, I I think that you know if my receivers have a down week, I'm going to make that up at the quarterback position pretty easily. And there's not going to be very many opponents of mine who can do anything about that. Yeah, and I think it's fair that people do have their own strategies and their own comfort zones and anything works if you pick the right players. And I think that's important to realize is there's no one strategy for anything. I mean, anything can work. So I think the main thing is you kind of figure out what your philosophy is and, and just go with it. And honestly, I don't know if I have a philosophy in drafts other than I let them fall to me. And I don't, I feel like anytime I, I, I do too much research or, you know, to do my own mock drafts with, for within the league of who's going to take who, it's just paralysis by analysis. And I think sometimes you're better off not over analyzing things and not over preparing and just trusting your, trusting your gut when you're on the clock and just take the best player. Cause how many times do you just talk yourself into, Oh, this guy's such a good value here, even though I hate him. I mean, year after year in my redraft leagues, you know, as I started fantasy, I, I saw myself doing that, you know, like Clinton Portis fell to the end of the first round and I didn't like him, but I took him anyway, just cause he had supposed value there. You know, he shouldn't have gone that late. So I think the main thing is that you have your own philosophy and you don't, you don't get tied into having to do the same thing every time either, you know? So I think you have to, you know, be ready to stay on your feet and, and not be afraid to try out some different philosophies either. Yeah. That's part of the thing is there's, there's, I feel like there's not a whole lot of variance at the quarterback position um, from season to season. It's, it, it seems to be the, the most predictable position, and so that's where I'm kind of mitigating some risk is by going quarterback early and and often. And uh, you know, I'm and it keeps me away from that that idea of of value, um, like you were just talking about, perceived value. So I don't accidentally take Trent Richardson at the end of the first round ever again. Um, because that was a bad year. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which one? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> no, his rookie year was pretty yep. good. His rookie year was pretty good. Yeah, and that was the year that he ended up being a first round quote unquote value and was just mm-hmm. absolutely terrible the entire season. Um man, I can't even get you guys to to disagree with me on that. You're just kinda like, Yeah, yeah, you, you've got your strategy. That's that's cool, man. You do you. <laughs> I, I need to start insulting you guys, I think. Should I start singing Kumbaya right now? <laughs> yeah, might as well. We know John's a stellar singer, so maybe he should lead us and we can sing harmonies, Addison. Oh, there we go. There's some shots. Oh, let's do it. Now we're back. Now all we're right. now we're getting all right, let's get all let's get going to the face off because I, I know it. there's gonna be some it's gonna be two on one, but I'm ready to battle, boys. Let's let's do it. Let's hear it. All right, face-off time. Jake versus Addison. We're going to start with you, Jake, but we're talking about the three old man quarterbacks. Drew Brees, Addison has him ranked at number four. Jake has him ranked at number 10. Tom Brady, Addison's got him at number seven. Jake's got him at number 11. And Carson Palmer, I mean, you guys both have him ranked as a QB3. Um, but uh, at number 25 for Addison... And we know that he actually has a lot more affection for Carson Palmer than that. And Jake has him at number 30, and that might be a little bit generous. Um, so, wow, yeah, let's start, let's start with you, Jake. <laughs> so I love those guys as quarterbacks. Obviously, they're, they're, they're great fantasy producers. My problem is with this kind of age quarterback and John, oh, Shook my head a little bit when he said you took Tom Brady in the second round of a startup. But uh, <laughs> here's my thing: you, they're we don't know how long they're going to play. Mm-hmm. We we don't. It could be this. You this could be their last year, right? It, it could. Yep. Uh, they suffer severe injury. They could easily be done. They could easily be done. And I know coming off what we talked about Jay Cutler last week and this week, how hard it is to obtain quarterbacks in a in a super flex league or a two QP two QB league. It's so hard, especially when you're desperate. So John, I like that you got through a third quarterback there. You got a, you got another young quarterback in Wentz to kind of secure you with Tom Brady. So I, I like that thing that you did there, but if you're not doing something like that, it's a scary proposition for me because I don't think they're cheap enough to acquire that early. So if Addison, you're taking Drew Brees as your fourth quarterback in a startup draft. What if he's done after this year? I mean, you just wasted a early round pick on Drew Brees, and I love him. I do, but he's old. He's old. He's really old. <laughs> and so is Tom Brady, and so is Carson Palmer, and and that's that's where I wouldn't. I think they're overvalued. Uh, if I could get them late, if they fall, sure, but. You better have a good third, third quarterback because if they retire out of nowhere or even retire in the next two years, boy, tr- good luck trying to obtain a, a starting caliber quarterback like the level of Drew Brees or Tom Brady or uh, even Carson Palmer for that matter. To me, this is more dynasty strategy because I know you guys know and I know probably some of the listeners know that I am not a typical dynasty player. I am playing in a three-year window. And because of that, that makes these quarterbacks valuable to me. And so 
I understand that, you know, yeah, this could be their last year. Next year could be their last year. We never know when these guys are going to, you know, just retire. And But think if they don't. I mean, Breeze and Brady haven't shown signs of really slowing down. I know that age cliff, you know, when it hits, it hits. Like, we saw it with Peyton Manning. But, I mean... They they don't they haven't shown signs of slowing down. Their teams are still very dynamic, and if you know if they do what they've been doing their whole entire career, even for the next two years, that's an elite quarterback you have right there. Breeze and Brady themselves are top five quarterbacks for the next two years if they play those two years. And so, to me, when when I draft one of those quarterbacks, I am drafting them late because I know everybody else doesn't you know they don't want to touch them you know they want them to be the 10th 11th maybe even later quarterback off the board so what i'll do is i'll try and draft a young up-and-coming star you know like a mariota Derek carr i'll pair them then with taking breeze or brady and then i will prioritize another younger um quarterback later like a carson wentz type um or even you know if matthew stafford falls or somebody like that that's that's how I strategize when I'm taking one of these quarterbacks. Sometimes it ends up that I don't even take these quarterbacks, but when I do, that's that's what I do. Um, that's how I plan for their retirement, so to speak. Well, so here's that's why here's, I ha- I, I yeah, understand. I understand. And, and uh, the FF engineer Kevin O'Brien has a similar philosophy where he pairs old vets with up and coming younger players, and I think it's a sound strategy. My problem is by ranking them that high, if people are to look at your rankings, Addison, and say, oh, Addison, Amaze Hayes has Drew Brees as his quarterback four in startups, they're going to take him as their quarterback four if they're listening to you and your rankings. And I understand that you're taking them late. You're not ranking them late, though. If you really truly have him as your quarterback four, you should be taking him as the quarter fourth quarterback in a startup league. That's my philosophy. I'll take Drew Brees and Tom Brady late too, but I'm not going to take them as the fourth or sixth quarterbacks. That's that's my problem with ranking them so high. Is is I I feel like by my rankings is what I would do in a startup, and that's what I'd advise other people to do in a startup. And I can't say I'd, I'd take them nearly that early. Right, right. I feel you. Um, I mean, to me, I I use my rankings as you know how I see um you know like how i i would predict um them to finish and how i would want them you know i don't know it's i i don't use my rankings when i'm drafting because i know my rankings are completely different than everybody else's dynasty rankings like i have james winston as my 10th quarterback right now everybody would probably call me nuts but i mean that's just that's just me and so if people understand that my rankings are not how i draft then, you know, it makes a lot more sense. But I can see that it doesn't make sense at all with what you're saying. So <laughs> then that's I that's mean, where that's where I come from rankings and and rankings are a pain in the at the pain in the butt. So right. I understand I, I understand like- I understand there no one likes to do them because they can change so fluidly and and so so many of them are so close together in different tiers and. And you could change them every day of the week if you wanted to. But for for me, I want my rankings to 
directly correlate to where I would draft just to just to make it appear like this is where I value them, this is where I would take them, not necessarily where the consensus is going to go. And I try not to let that direct my my ranking strategy. Okay, so real quick, if I, if I were to do that, I would have Breeze and Brady ranked about where you have them. You have them. What did what did John say? You have them at ten, 10 and eleven. Ten and eleven. Right. So I would I would have them around that range. I would I would have them. You know, after Carr, Mariota, Ryan, Winston, Cousins, probably even Stafford too. I would probably have them behind Cam. And um, but I mean, after that, it kind of gets dicey. Would you rather have Drew Brees or Philip Rivers? Would you rather have Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger? And so drafting. I would have them around the same place that you have them. So I guess this face-off is kind of dumb. Anyway. Oh, John. Uh-oh. John, we just, I just got oh, Addison to change his rankings live on a podcast, baby. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not changing my rankings. I am agreeing with where I would draft them. <laughs> There's a difference. Drew Brees uh, is still my quarterback four. But the I man is always quarterback you, two hey, every single year. Hey, for the five fans that we have, you deserve <laughs> – to give them your shot. When you put out your rankings, that's your advice where to take them. That's where I stand. And that's bad advice, Addison. Bad advice. When we when we get our rankings up onto um, the site for the podcast, I'm going to make two different categories for everybody. I'm going to make my rankings category, and I'm going to make my drafting ranking category. Oh, that, that sounds sense? like a nightmare. It does sound like a nightmare. There's no, going to be so many player I, valuations different. Oh, <laughs> no one's going to do that. Who cares? Who cares what you're doing? I'll put an asterisk. Where you're, that makes no sense, Addison. Have, <laughs> one, have one list and stick to it. Make a decision. I'm going to have 17 different rankings so I'll I can never asterisk. be wrong. <laughs> I'm Drew Brees, my quarterback four. Don't draft until quarterback 10. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, that's trying to win uh, too many ways. Take so a stance. The uh, <laughs> the original plan with the face off segments was that I was going to ultimately grant a winner. Last week I was unable to do that. Uh, I had Cam Newton dead center in between you guys, um, and this week is actually going to be even more awkward because um, even though Addison essentially admitted defeat. I'm going to grant the win to Addison. What? <laughs> That's right. Are you kidding hey. me? Oh, my God. How much so, did he pay you for this? This is. I don't know yet. Check still mind in the just mail. Ex- my mind just exploded. Please tell me why. So when Wait, we, can we have a scoreboard? We need a scoreboard. What? Oh, God. Need, just shut up, on. Addison. No. I got to hear no, this. No, I'm adding, it, I'm adding it on the Google sheet. I might have to quit this podcast after tonight. What is going Four, on right now? I got Addison and, and tell me he's wrong. And John says he wins. He still what? wins. Still what? wins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I quit. Uh, I quit right uh, now. That's the thing, Addison. All all you had to do, man, was just kneel out the clock. You you had this one. So this one was it was on a little bit of a tee because so the reason that I brought this up, it's more of a philosophical thing than a, a ranking system for you know, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. What I'm wondering is, would you rather win a championship this year um, and maybe even next year? Yes. 
Or would you yeah. rather make the playoffs every year for the next, you know, four or five years? And Listen, that, to me, that's that's kind of the decision that you're making when you're picking between guys like, uh, you know, Drew Brees and Derek Carr. I understand. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to win this year. That, that doesn't mean just because I'm going old doesn't mean you're going to win <laughs> this year. <laughs> Do you want to mm-hmm. do you want to win this year and then be a piece of crap for ten years, or do you want to win this year and be good for the next following years? So, I think there's I think that's a little bit overstepping the bounds of saying, well, if I draft this old vet, he's going to bring me a championship, and if I draft this guy who's not that far behind him statistically earlier because he's got eight. 10 more years to play in this league that in a super flex league, I don't have to worry about replacing him and I'm not going to destroy my team having to be desperate for trying to find another quarterback. I think that's a little bit over overstating it there. Yeah. I mean, obviously none of these guys are guaranteed to win a championship, but I just think that you've got, you've got a one year window with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And I think that in that one year, You've got a better shot. How, how would you in draft? a darn it in a dynasty how, startup? How would you're you take how would a you rank your guy? Why are you playing dynasty? Just play redraft. Oh, I do that too. But <laughs> <laughs> well, then take him there. Don't take him in dynasty that early. I listen. I when everybody's drafting for the future, everybody's drafting for five years down the road somebody's got to step up and win the championship in that first year. It's going to ha- somebody's going to win that first championship. Why not just go do it? And then yeah, you can rebuild. You can have some fun with uh with a a well, a, more of a reloading. I don't like to necessarily rebuild, but I mean you can you can load back up. You could take Tom Brady and Drew Brees and then late in the draft, really late in the draft you take their backups. Take Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't know who it is for sure, if it's Grayson or, or uh, Chase Daniel in New Orleans. But, I mean, take those guys and wait and see next year. You know, you you might still have those two starters. And then you, you know, you work on reloading. And uh, while you admire your, your championship trophy from year one, Listen, if this is not a Superflex league, I completely agree with you guys. Mm-hmm. But Superflex 2QB leagues change things for me. Mm-hmm. Because, I, 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 listen, I understand. I want to win every year I play, and I want to win this year. And it's, it's I'm not in a redraft mentality, and it, but the longer I play, I realize I, I want to win more rather than building that sexy team that doesn't necessarily get the job done. But that being said... I think it's I think it's 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 not necessarily a great strategy to do is to say I'm going to win this league my first year and then just go from there. I mean, in, in Superflex, I think if your quarterbacks are are Tom Brady and Drew Brees in a Superflex super dynasty startup this year at age 37-38, that's scary to me and I don't know if that's a sound strategy putting that kind of investment on those guys. Yeah, and totally. I hate I I hate you both. By the way, <laughs> I can't believe I there can't it believe is. Gave, finally I can't we, believe there is life on the Addison. super flexible. I podcast. can't believe you gave Addison the win after he I got him to change his rankings. Uh, I had to. He was he was right. He just didn't know that he was right. Oh, 
Oh, come on. You coddled him? Give me the year one championship. Because here's the thing. With every one of these guys, every single position, it's it's still a year-to-year basis to me. It's still a year-to-year proposition. You never know which one of your guys. So you're saying you don't bump up anybody because of their age and dynasty? Nobody? You give no age benefit to anybody? Uh, so you're you're it's, you're doing it's a secondary. redraft. It's secondary for me. I think that uh, I mean Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, they definitely get a bump because they're still relatively young. But I mean, a, a big part of it too is that they're not super young. You know, they're they're in their prime where they're going to put me in a position to contend now. I don't have to sit around and wait on them to actually yeah, but develop if, if and Drew find Brees out they is never gonna do. Put up, if Drew Brees is going to put up better stats and Andrew Luck, why would you take Andrew Luck ahead of Drew Brees? I think that that it he's would not going to help you win your championship in year one. Uh, I I think that the, there would be a marginal difference if there's a difference between in stats between Andrew Luck and Drew Brees. I think it's going to be pretty marginal this year. Whereas I don't see. I don't see Dak Prescott, for instance, making the type of jump that's going to make him worth that's worth taking over Drew Brees, even though he is young. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I don't really like Dak that much, so <laughs> <sighs> it, I understand. It's just uh, it's we're not playing redraft; we are playing dynasty. And I think if you're not looking, I understand the the two to three year window. I have no problem with that, but. I think you're gambling a bit thinking that you're going to get two to three years out of both these guys. Oh, totally. And if I don't and and I'm not able to fill in the gaps next year, I win a championship this year with uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, but it's and so Brees. hard to win a championship, though. That's what I'm saying is yeah. you're acting like it's a guarantee. Yeah. And what but if it's... what if other people get hurt on your roster? I, that's the thing is – you can't act like if you draft these guys, you're locked into a championship. I understand that's your mindset, mm-hmm. but it, it's hard. It's hard to win championships. I mean, obviously, we, we all know it's hard to win championships. So I think it's it's not a good business decision to draft those guys that high as quarterback four and six in a dynasty startup. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, like you said, it's it's hard to win a championship this year magnify that problem when you're talking about how do i get there next year or in two years or you know five years from now how am i gonna set myself up with a chance to contend five years from now we yeah but if i'm contending every year i got a better chance at winning multiple championships i don't want to win just this year though i want to win this year yeah. I want to win every year. And, and listen, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to build this super team that's going to win 10 championships in a row. But I, I want to build a team that's going to be in the playoffs, in championships every year. I mean, that's not going to happen. But that's my that's my plan. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand where you're sitting at. I just disagree with it. Yeah. No, totally. That's, that's fair. And, uh, yeah, I'm just saying... I win a cha- I draft Drew Brees and Tom Brady this year. I win a championship. They both retire next year, and I quit my league. That's that's just. Oh, that. you sucker! <laughs> oh, we hate you. You are yeah. the problem with dynasty leagues. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. You son I wouldn't. Of a... I wouldn't do that. I actually, I actually enjoy uh, trying to reload it. So 
That's why everyone should play an Empire League anyways. Yeah, agreed. I think that uh, we're going to call it a a night so Jake can go lick his wounds. Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, More like punch you in the proverbial face. (laughs) (laughs) So this year, or this week, it's going to be you and me going at it. Oh, my God. How am I supposed to do an outro while I'm arguing with you? Yeah, Addison, do the outro. We're going to argue for a little bit. I'll do the outro. I just I was just finishing up the uh the scoreboard here. It shows me having a one and Jake having a zero, so Oh god. Oh man, I think you lose <laughs> that one for making a scoreboard. Yes. No, you have to make a scoreboard. You can't you can't take back uh my victory here. Yeah, I'll win championships, Addison can tally his scoreboard. I will say though that I feel like my dynasty strategy is so much different than a lot of people's. And because of that, I, I really feel like I need to write an article for DFF because I want to win now, but I want to win later too. And I feel like there's, that there's a way to different. do it. That doesn't seem, that, I think that feels like that's the definition of, are... of what everyone is trying to do in dynasty. No, I no, want, I want I'm, to I'm... win every single year. That's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that not? I, how I don't know why plays? no one else wants to. <laughs> I do just that. got done saying that. That's what I want to do. So you just <laughs> right. stole my take. <laughs> well, no, I feel like I feel like my way is just different. The way I go about it is just different. You are like different. You, like we've said before, strategy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> strategy is is you, and so I just feel like my my strategy is different. That's why I take AJ Green over Amari Cooper. And you should. Yeah. Thank no, you. That's fair. So you're not that different. All right. I have to try harder now. Uh, John already <laughs> tried to make you feel special when you didn't deserve it. You don't, you're not getting any nice. I'm not being nice <laughs> to you the rest of this podcast. Um, Shut it down. Shut it down. We this finally get terminated. <laughs> we finally got some spice out of this podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna Uh-oh. stop while we're ahead here. Uh, real quick shout outs. Thank you very much for uh, sponsoring us the dynasty football factory at dff underscore dynasty on twitter and the dynasty football network at df underscore network uh also thank you to the fantasy footballers like i said earlier check out that draft kit that thing is unreal did i mention those those player profiles those are videos boys you you don't even have to you don't have to read anything which is uh, always a bonus for me. Pictures over over words and video even over pictures. So at the FF Ballers on Twitter, check out the Fantasy Footballers and get that draft kit. You need it. Trust me. Uh, for uh, for Jake Anderson at NFL Draft Talker and Addison Hayes at AmazeHayes underscore DFF. I'm John Hogue at DFF Dynasty Dude. Also give us a follow, Super Flexible Podcast, at SuperFlexPod on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Oh, real quick, give us a rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher, if you would, please. We really appreciate that. Thanks again for listening.